Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Recent headlines have made us aware that America's fertility rate and the number of births nationwide are continuing to decline. The birth rate in the U.S. is the lowest it has been in 32 years. Our total fertility is at a record low. The current rate is 1.73 births per woman, and that's well below the replacement level. Strikingly, shockingly, this is lower than birth rates in France and the Scandinavian nations, and it's not much higher than China. By 2035, there will be 78 million people 65 years and older, compared to only 76.7 million people under the age of 18, so we are looking at having more elderly than young people. We are spiraling in what's called a major demographic decline. On this episode of All Things, we're asking why aren't young people, millennials, having kids? What's so bad about a demographic decline? And how should we Christians be thinking about this? So why aren't millennials having kids? While the negative population report, which was published just over one year ago, suggests millennials are avoiding or delaying traditional milestones that lead to adulthood. So things like moving out of your parents' home, getting married, standing on your own two financial feet are being delayed or given up altogether. The report largely blames the economy. Quoting directly from the report, millennials came of age during the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. Many saw their parents lose their jobs, their homes, their dignity, and they vowed they would not repeat those mistakes. The report continues, as a result, life cycle milestones so prized by their baby boomer parents, the first driver's license, marriage, children, home ownership are postponed or abandoned altogether by millennials. Recently, the Federal Reserve found that millennial households have an average net worth now adjusted for inflation of 40% less than Generation Xers and 20% less than baby boomers at the same life stage. Wages, too, for Gen Xers and baby boomers, again, adjusted for inflation, are much higher than millennials. Millennials cannot afford to buy houses or invest in the stock market as other generations have been able to. Now, young people, millennials, are better educated than any other generation before them, but that has come at a cost. The average student loan balance last year was $10,600. That's twice that of Generation Xers. The negative population report also cites a study done by the Wharton School of Business that found 58% of female undergraduates did not plan to have children. Compare that with 1992 when only 22% said they did not plan to have children. So perhaps that's because of their undesirable financial state, or maybe it points to the decline in marriage in general. According to a recent Pew Research poll, young Americans today are less likely to be married than any prior generation at their age. Only 37% of millennials have tied the knot. They're cohabitating instead of getting married. And of course, the prominence of hookup culture and the convenience of hookup apps is replacing long-term fidelity with casual connections. Marriage has become a final, possible, maybe, but not required accomplishment of adulthood, not one of the first benchmarks of adulthood. So career, cohabitation, pet ownership, buying a house, paying off loans, or just enjoying one's freedom and autonomy are prioritized above of marriage amongst millennials. So economics clearly play a role, and the decreasing value of marriage seems to be playing a role. But also, too, there is just a sense amongst young adults that things are not going well. 
They feel that things are much worse off now than they were for their parents, and they're only getting worse. There's fear of political unrest, war, global terrorism, even like a global pandemic. Many are choosing childless because, childlessness because they have this overwhelming like apocalyptic concern. Now, many millennials are also choosing childlessness because they're concerned about harming the environment, doing harm to the planet. One bioethicist says having children is unethical because it contributes to the destruction of Earth's environment. According to him, the amount of greenhouse gas a child will emit over his or her lifetime is staggering, and having multiple children means multiplying that impact. But I just want to pause here and point out that we humans have not been great about predicting our environmental collapse. In 1970, on the first annual Earth Day, Life magazine said that by 1985, air pollution would cause a new ice age. That same year, the Smithsonian Institute said that in 25 years, 75 to 80% of all animal species would be extinct. And Paul Ehrlich, Stanford professor and author of the famous book, or maybe I should say infamous book, The Population Bomb, which by the way was required reading for me getting my anthropology degree in college, predicted that 100 to 200 million people per year would be starving to death by 1980, and that England would not exist by the year 2000. Our doomsday environmental predictions, let's just be honest, they haven't come to fruition. We haven't historically given credit to the resiliency of creation and the creativity and ability of humans to troubleshoot and invent ways to solve our problems and make life on this planet not only sustainable, but a place where we can thrive. So whether it be the economy or a decline in the value of marriage or perhaps fear of impending doom, millennials simply aren't having babies at a rate that will replace our population in the years to come. It's just the math. Now, I'm only three years ahead of the millennial generation. I'm a Gen Xer, but only by three years. The millennial generation started with births in 1981, and I was born in 1978. So many millennials are my dear friends. I kind of consider this my peer group. So I don't want to make a gross overgeneralization about millennials and why they're not having babies. Researchers examining our demographic decline have assigned all sorts of motives to the choice for childlessness. Some choices seem to be downright selfish, and some seem silly. Some seem altruistic. And of course, I know many millennials that would love to be parents but have not yet been able to conceive. I am largely personally encouraged by the strong and selfless and missions-minded millennials that I know. So here, no judgment from me. But what I do know is that so many of them are not having kids that we as a society are going to face some major crises here in the next few decades. Again, it's just the math of the situation. We are, in fact, in the midst of a serious demographic decline here in the United States. Because more babies were birthed in the past, our elderly population is outpacing the working population. So the concern is, the crisis is, who will pay for the care of the elderly? Who is going to care for those who are aging? How will a shrinking workforce provide for the needs of its parents? For example, journalist Philip Longman explains that as governments raise taxes on a dwindling working age population to cover the growing burdens of supporting the elderly, young couples may conclude they are even less able to afford children. Thus grows a vicious cycle in which young people decide not to have children because it's too expensive, and they are therefore taxed more in order to pay for the needs of the growing elderly population. You've probably seen headlines that Social Security is going bankrupt. Well, according to Ford, Forbes, indeed, in 2018, last year, for the first time since 1982, Social Security's total cost exceeded its income. 
And the trustees project that this is going to keep up. Expenses are going to continue exceeding income. To keep paying benefits at current levels, Social Security must therefore dip into reserves. But eventually, reserves will run out too. With estimated depletion by 2034, that's in 15 years, Social Security reserves will be gone by 2034. Of course, then the elderly will suffer even more. In fact, the whole population is going to suffer the ramifications of that. The reality is, to be a healthy, vibrant society, we need human beings. Cultures require stable and nurturing marriages and families as a foundation. Without these building blocks, no society can thrive or even survive. Countries where citizens aren't having enough babies are going to suffer economic stagnation and social deterioration. To continue caring for one another, we need one another. We need babies to grow up and care for the aged. I think a common perspective in our culture is that babies are burdens. Humans are consumers. We leave a carbon footprint. We suck the life out of the earth. We infringe on the autonomy of our parents and other people. For many reasons, many are simply deciding that babies are too costly, too hard, too much, and it's just not worth it. Let's just look for a second at the numbers behind abortion. Well over 60 million babies have been aborted since abortion was federally legalized in 1973. That's 60 million souls, 60 million individuals who might be contributing to our society right now if they weren't snuffed out in the womb. But the truth is, friends, humans are not a problem. We are not the problem. Often, humans are the solution to our problems. Humans are not just consumers. We are innovators. We are improvers. We are inventors. We discover and find ways to care for and enhance the quality of life for one another. That's the primary reason none of the doomsday predictions of the past have come true. Food shortages have been averted by breakthroughs in agriculture. Today, there is not mass starvation or extreme poverty, and extreme poverty is at an all-time low because of human intervention. Advances in ending starvation and poverty and improving the condition of the environment have literally been brought about by somebody's baby. New technologies and advances have been made by humans. You never know which child will be the next to innovate great change for our planet. And it's not just that new babies hold the keys to our future, but babies make us better here and now too. When we reproduce, when we bring forth children, when we bring forth the next generation, we're more careful about our decisions, our investments, our purposes. We want to make the world a better place for future generations. Having children or caring about children leads to better stewardship of creation and all of our resources. But when children are scarce or non-existent, we tend to think only about ourselves. As you and I age, we are going to need care and provision and a social security check. And we're going to find that in the end, we have not served ourselves well by choosing childlessness. So while the cultural mantra says that kids are a pain, babies are a burden, marriage ties you down, the end of the world is coming, get all you can out of life while you can, the Bible says something else. We Christians must renew our minds and rehearse what is true. We have to be intentional about remembering the truth because society and pop culture is very loud and often very convincing. Here are a few things for you and me to remember as we renew our minds to what is true. The first is that marriage is good. God created Eve to join Adam, and he said that was very good. Solomon, in his wisdom, said two are better than one. Indeed, friends, marriage is a gift. 
Children and babies are a blessing. Think of how our Lord Jesus welcomed children. The psalmist said, children are a heritage, a gift from the Lord. God personally knit us together in our mother's wombs. He made each and every child. He made you and me and everybody else on the planet according to his good purposes and in his image. Our God is a creator and father and he prizes life. So too must we. Of course, we Christians can go to the other extreme and elevate parenthood and motherhood beyond what the scriptures say. Parenthood and motherhood is a gift. It is a blessing, but it is not the ultimate gift. It is not the ultimate blessing. To live is Christ. Our purpose is to glorify Christ, to serve him, to follow him in any vocation and context that he has for us. For many, that is parenthood, but not for everyone. Let's not equate parenthood and motherhood with our highest calling. Our highest calling is to glorify Jesus in whatever it is we do. And I wonder if millennials aren't put off by parenthood because of the central role children have in many families today. How many child-centered families do you know? Today, it would seem to be a parent requires finding the best education, the best sports teams, the best colleges, the best organic local farm-to-table meal for your toddler. Children are taking an increasingly central role in consuming more time and more focus and more energy of their parents than necessary. It's not healthy for kids or for their parents to have a child-centered family. Many experts, quote-unquote experts, are saying that it takes $233,000-plus to raise a child from birth to the age of 17. Well, I can promise you, as a family that's been in full-time ministry and on a very limited budget, we have spent a fraction, a small fraction of that, raising our four children. Kids don't need the newest, the latest, or the best. What they need is to be on mission with their parents. Perhaps parenthood needs to be reimagined so that more young adults will be attracted to it. I'll close with this. For whatever reasons, enough young adults are choosing not to have children to the point that we are going to be facing some pretty enormous crises as a country in the next few few decades. Nationwide, choosing to limit life rather than to nourish life will be to our downfall. As Christians, we are called to choose life, to nourish the lives around us, to protect life, and to serve lives in need. Let's rehearse the truth about children to ourselves and to each other. Let's elevate our view, our rhetoric, and let's be sure that in whatever ways ways we can, you and I are life givers. Thanks for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Looking forward to talking with you next week.